Welcome to the Afton B podcast. This is Sahith. And I'm Aria. So if you had listened to our previous two podcast episodes, you would have known that we discussed the death penalty. And, and that was in the first episode mainly. And then in the second, second episode, we uh, delve deep into free will and its relation to the de- how we can um, control our free will, our thoughts on free will to better ethics. And in that episode, we specifically talked about the death penalty. So this episode is, a, is the third part of that series uh, of the death penalty. And our main topic in this episode will be how to change the rehabilitation in the U.S., in the U.S. government. And I guess this can be applied as well to many other countries as well. So in our last episode, we ended on a brief note on how to change it and how sitting at, making a person sit in a jail cell for 20 years may be more, um, uh, maybe worse than just, than just leaving them outside in the real world and society. But so basically in this episode, we'll be discussing our thoughts on how to better rehabilitation and punishment in general and how the government should mediate these things. So are you going to give your first thoughts? Like give, so, so let me actually start off with a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think life sentences as long as 80 years or life sentences for that matter are worth or or even worth anything are they even helpful to people um so I don't I don't think they're helpful because like after your life sentence or during it you may be a better person but what contribution to society are you making because um if you're in jail for the whole if your whole life yeah you become a better person but who's it helping it's not helping anyone so I really don't think it's like useful to just let someone just sit in a jail and rot for their whole life, no matter what they did. Like everyone deserves another chance. And that's just take, that's basically just taking away their whole life. So um, also I ended uh, last episode with like a little example of like Denmark and Norway. And I chose those countries in specific because they're known to have really low crime rates and the main reason for that is because, um, well, one, it's a very like communal sort of um, country. They, they're they all proud of their citizenship, but that's not the main point. The main point is that their justice system actually fulfills rehabilitation over extreme punishment. So basically their jails are more like, um, I don't know, rehab centers. They're nice. They have windows. They, it's almost like a every jail cell is like a room basically sustainable for one person. It has a nice toilet, kitchen, windows. Um, I think this is very important because obviously it allows them to um, do therapeutic things that will allow them to better themselves, like cooking, getting natural sunlight. That's a big one, having some sort of freedom. And they also have like scheduled like yoga sessions and breathing sessions, meditation sessions. And I think this is part of the reason for two main reasons that these countries have such low crime rates. One, because these countries 
when someone goes to jail, they're actually getting bad. They're bettering themselves in whatever sentence they have there. And it's never a life sentence. They're bettering themselves. And that's the reason they have such low murder rates, especially because everyone is bettering themselves when they go to the, the justice system. And two, they're teaching these prisoners valuable skills in jail so that they can actually depend on themselves in society. So a little side note is, so a main, a, a big reason why people who go to jail in like America and go back to jail is because they actually, they, they can't sustain for themselves in real life. So they're so dependent on being fed, being housed, all that in jail that they can't sustain a normal life. So they just go back to life of crime to get back in jail. And I think this is, this shows that the rehabilitation factor is just completely failing in the justice system in America because it's not rehabilitating anyone. Maybe it's making them, if anything, it's making them more dependent on coming back to jail, which leads to more crime. So I I think that the, the whole justice system right now is flawed, basically. That's like a base answer and I'll elaborate on it later. But like, what what's your answer to the question that you asked me? Yeah, so I think a better way to rehabilitate people is through, I think therapy would be better than just, uh, again, as just rotting in a jail cell. Now, obviously, I think these people that have committed severe, um, severe, Jesus, what would you, what's what's the word? Severe. um, Offenses. Yeah, offenses. There you go. Severe offenses. I think they should be kept under strong surveillance, and in a, I guess you can say in a home or in a home or in a jail cell, if you will. But it shouldn't be so. I guess you can say demoralizing as they are now, which is just a windowless, dark, shitty room <laughs> that is just. Literally, it's just there's nothing to it. I do think that that is more of just to show the people, oh, you've committed something so bad. This is what you deserve. Sit there. Just you are a horrible person. I think it should be less of that and more. They should be given. They should obviously be under strong surveillance, but they should be given better facilities. And I know this causes this calls for more expense, but I think it's very worth it. And they should be given as Arya said, maybe more windows, uh, uh, personal toiletry and bathroom and things like that. And I think that would actually help. But more than that, it's even the therapy, it's the therapy. They should be getting more therapy and uh, even meditation and yoga can help dramatically rather than, again, just sitting in a jail cell, just banging your head on the wall, using knives to mark the days you were in the jail cell on the wall. And less of that and more of therapy. And we do this with people who are mentally ill and have disorders who haven't done anything bad. But we don't do this for people who have committed something bad, even though, again, this leads to free will. That wasn't truly their fault. It wasn't because they made the decision. It was purely their decision to. Um, So, yeah, I think more therapy, better environment in punishment. And you may not, some people may not even call this punishment because they might disagree with our purpose of, and definition of punishment. And they may think it should just tell the people that they're horrible and to make them pay for what they have done. I think it's less of making them pay for what they've done, but more of learning from what they have done and making themselves better. And therefore, we have more better human beings in the 
in the world and less cruel and evil people who are being tortured because they are evil and not being made better. So I think that's basically my answer. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to just take on the role of like for one question of someone who might disagree with our points. And I'll ask mm-hmm. you a question. It's a hard question to answer because obviously every opinion has its flaws, even ours, of course. Mm-hmm. So like there's, so I'll just ask a question. So let's say we're living in a society, there's two societies. There's one, there's one where okay, the the punishment for going to jail justice system is like how it is today in America. It's brutal, right? But then there's another society where the justice system is like, it's like Norway, like it's nice. It's actually rehabilitating. Do you think a criminal would really, let's see, do you think a criminal would be less motivated to commit a crime in the system, in, in the society where they know they'll be brutally punished or they'll be less willing to commit a crime in uh, a community where they know they'll get a therapeutic treatment? Yeah, so this is a good question because it, it leads to the thought of, well, okay, let's say you rehabilitate the people who have committed bad things, but then it doesn't instill fear into the other people who have not yet committed bad things. Yeah. Whereas in the first society described, more like the US where people are tortured and punished cruelly, people are more, it instills more fear in the people who still have not yet to commit a crime. But I think that doesn't come down to punishment in the form, in punishment. I think you can, I guess, it's not even more of instilling fear in my case. It's more of educating them on why it's wrong and why you should, why the person should be in a better better mental state. And just the pure morality behind not committing those acts. And obviously people can argue, again, this is one of the challenges that, well, don't we do that plenty enough that to say that this is completely wrong, yet people will always still do it. And yes, there is that, that um, issue, but that's why you have the rehabilitation centers to make them better. So I think if you educate the when they're uh, people when they're at a young age about morals and why things are just wrong and why you shouldn't do them and why they don't benefit you. Let, let's say take an example, like someone you want to kill somebody, but and you even after you kill them, you you have to ask yourself, did that really benefit me? Did that really increase the well-being of that I am? Did that really increase my well-being? Or does, did it just let out a bunch of resentment that I had inside of me? And I think if we can teach the young people when they're at a young people when they're at a young age to think like that and to give them example situations and basically just instill strong morals into them. These don't do not have to be religious by any sense, but just instill strong morals and what is right and wrong. If we can instill those into our children and people at a young age then I think we will truly see less crime and um, truly see less crime. And we can still maintain our um, therapy-like punishment centers or prisons. And I think people do do this at home, but in our school system, we fail to. And we don't, in the schools, we don't teach people morals because uh, the parents at home may disagree. 
And I think that is a different issue, but yeah, that's what I think. So for Arya, just kind of answer your own question. What do you think? Which society, like, just basically answer your own question. Okay, so honestly, I think, like what you said, yes, the society with the brutal justice system, people will be more scared to commit crimes. But those who have already done it and get out, they have not been rehabilitated. They're just, they're messed up because they've been like literally like brutally treated for however many years. And so they're ready. If if something goes wrong, they're going to just snap again. Like they have not been treated. They've just been like traumatized essentially. And like, there's no saying that they won't do something again out of fear. They might just not even like process the fear. They might just snap because they've just been that brutally treated and they haven't been changed. And so I think obviously... It's, it's a really hard question because then again, like, so you're talking about instilling the morals and all that in people, but uh, what good does teaching these kids morals, like what good does teaching morals do because of, you know, how we discuss the lack of free will? How does it matter? Like, so I know we established that rehabilitation can happen, right? It, you can change, right? Mm-hmm. But like, can, can't like, based on our definition like we basically said that you can change when your like life drastically alters because it happens in such small things because if your life is slowly going uphill to a climax you won't tell but like when you're at the climax and you drop then you can start changing because like it altered differently but like if you're like a child and you're taught these morals how does it matter because you're not at the climax like you're not changing at that moment like what if you you're you i mean like like you said, like Hitler, do you think his parents told him to go kill people? No, they probably told him to be polite to people. Like, that didn't change anything. I'm not too sure they told him to be polite to people. I, I mean, but, but. <laughs> they didn't go tell him to commit mass genocide. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that, like, that, as we discussed in the previous episode, was just a combination of bad genes, bad parents, bad environment. Exactly. So, like, going, I don't want to go too much back to that, but, like, that's just a lingering question, like, like the lack of free will that that has been proven like does 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 morals really fix it but i think teaching morals gives it gives you a better chance not it doesn't completely fix doesn't completely yeah no nothing nothing ever will complete even if you kill every person who has committed a crime that will not completely fix um the problem at hand i don't think anything will or at least the solution hasn't come about but all I'm saying is that that seems the, to me the most reasonable, yeah. re, uh, reasonable and rational position. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely, definitely, that that's what I think too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, wait, I don't, I don't understand what you were saying about like the the stuff. Like, what's the point of instilling morals into children? Yeah, so like, so, so for those of you that watched the last one and understand free will to a certain extent now, so. So let me just give you like a scenario, right? Like, let's say someone is born and on their timeline, like on their road. Well, no, that's not a good, let's say their genetic like composition has led them to like be less because there's genetic, genetic composition that can lower your intelligence that can like lead you to be homeless. That, that part is not, I don't think that's, that's really changed but yeah so let's say someone is born with that genetic composition right like they're destined to be home because they don't have that intelligence 
And they're taught at a young age that you have to work hard to become successful. What if they work hard and they still become homeless because of their composition? Like, I don't know if you completely like, does being taught this stuff even affect anything? Because like, if like, it's a really hard question. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay. So you can, I guess you can go off the, because <laughs> if you take free will into hand, it gets really confusing because yeah. <laughs> everybody says, and it's almost universally known that if you work hard, you're going to accomplish what you yeah. wish to, yeah. but with the free will stuff, that's not true. Yeah. but maybe I can a- add this into it. Maybe if you work hard, it is already in your free will as it's being written, as you work hard, it is only getting progressively better because you're working hard or maybe you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Or let's say at the beginning of your life or you're destined to be homeless and stuff and you don't work hard at all and you don't listen to these morals. You're like this, like, okay. You're like, um, like 20%, like, you're okay. You're like 90% away from actually uh being something and not being homeless right so you're really far from being anything but what you were destined to be but let's say someone does listen to these morals works hard regardless of their composition they still end up homeless because they they it's not a it's not a choice but now you're only 10 percent. no but what i'm trying to say is you are this close it takes a combination of bad genes bad parents and bad environment and what I'm trying to say is if if you if you actually work hard you didn't have bad genes you had the genes to work to you had the motivation and everything around working hard to work hard so your ultimate fate was not to be homeless it was to get out of a better position yeah so that's you can't you can't be born and then define someone's fate it's really confusing because you can't be born and then say oh well this person's fate is to be homeless because if we both agree that it's being written simultaneously, do you get what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, not certainly simultaneously. Like, like it's written at small intervals right before. So it's not like drastic. Let's say, let's say I I picked up this, this pen here. It was, I guess you can, it was written a second before, let's say that I picked up this pen. Yeah. It wasn't written at your birth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a full story. It like, okay, let's say you, you read a book. It's already written the full story. The full story is written. Hmm. But let's say you pick up a book and as you, the word that you read, the next word is being written as you read the previous, as the word, reread the previous word. Yeah. And like, okay, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be funny here. Like I'm being dead serious. I feel mm-hmm. like an example of our definition of the lack of, um, um, what's it called free will i'm not even joking is andrew tate i'm not even joking because like the tates like if you think about it like their childhood is what made them who they are they weren't it wasn't destined at birth that they would become playboys and all that it was because of little things that were determined along the way that created them into that it wasn't them making decisions it was just them reacting to little things that going along the way right if they had grown up rich would they well, I'm okay, not rich. If they had grown up like modest, like a middle class family, like an average family, do you think they would be playboys? No, because they were their genetic composition destined them to be something, but that something would not be playboy. It would be based on it would be just just an average, I don't know, average Joe. But 
like because of their childhood, whatever it is, I'm not going to explain the Tate story, but whatever it was, they had a rough childhood that, that caused their like road to fall into place ahead of time, of course, but at small intervals, but it fall into, it fell into place differently than if they had been born in certain different circumstance with, with whatever. So I feel like that that's kind of what we're saying, but there are people who believe they're like extremists who believe that the lack of uh, free will is actually like, like an example, like what I said, like if your, your genetic composition at birth, like you, Sahith, you were born and your genetics at birth determined you would have picked up the pen like five seconds ago. You would have picked up the pen on whatever, July 19th, whatever, whatever, at like 5.52 p.m. Some people believe that. So like, I know this is kind of steering off topic, but like from how we can change the justice system. But like, what do you have to say to people like that who believe like extreme, like, like, yeah, so let's just first address the two extremes, the extreme of we, we, we do have free will, we, we have it no matter what, we do have it. And the other extreme of we don't have it, our entire fate is written out in front of us like a book, and we're just going through the book and it's already entirely written. Yeah, so let's, which do you want to address first? The, the, the okay, I, I feel like we- the previous? Uh, you can just uh, address the people who um, believe in free will or whatever. Like what okay, so the people who believe in free will will say, let's just take the religious side of it. So you ask a religious person uh, about God and blah, blah, blah. And they say, you ask them, so then why did God let the mass genocide of the uh, of the Jewish people? And they say, well, that was that wasn't God. That was an act of free will based on uh that was an act of hitler's free will well okay so they're saying that every human being has the capability to make their own decisions they are making all their decisions and logically we live our every day-to-day lives every moment every second every millisecond like that thinking that we have complete control over our decisions but that's actually not true because as i said in the previous video if you if you don't know what you're going to think next and you can't help but think it, then how how the hell do you have free will? Yeah. I mean, because free will is deciding what you think and do. Yeah. So that itself doesn't make any sense. Okay, now let's just quickly address the other side, which is that we have a complete lack of free will in our entire scripts right now. And in that, I would say, it leads you to this sense of nihilism and nihilism because then you think everything is just going to play out the everything is going to play out there's i don't have to do anything i'm not even making my own decisions it's just all playing out and i'd say okay fair enough but i don't think the whole thing is already written again i'm saying this over i'm almost repeating myself i think and most logically it just seems very logical to me that it's being the road is being paved as you um, drive down it. The book is being written as you read it. The previous, the word after, the word uh, um, succeed. Uh, the word after, uh, the word after the one which you are reading is being written as you are reading the previous word. I think it's that way, and I think um, acting as if that is true can lead you to many beneficial things and i also think acting as if 
um, the uh, I think, okay, just let me put it this way. I think acting as if both extremes and the center are true can be very helpful. If you're able to um, combine all three of those things, you can lead a perfect, beautiful life. I truly believe that because you can use those things to um, their advantage. You can use the extreme of, yes, I have the decision to do what I do, to do great things and work hard and do stuff like that. And you can also use the decision, the thought of knowing that free will is, that you have no control of your thoughts and that it's completely paved out to think, to not hate someone and to forgive people easily. And you can use the middle to actually get close to the truth and know that what's happening to you is being written out as you do it pretty much as you do it a little after, but get my point. Wait, yeah, John. Think, Sorry. Yeah. You can... Go ahead. I'm done. So I, I, I was just a little, so when you were saying the, um, the book example, like mm-hmm. as you're reading a book, the next word is being written. Is that symbolic or do you mean that literally? I, I don't know. How is it symbolic? Symbolic, like the road, like, like your life is being, paved as you go on your life no i literally meant it like you like you mean like (laughs) Um, wait what like what wait so like if i am if i'm reading like an article okay let's say i'm reading a sentence how to rehabilitate yeah so let's say my life is like you oh i think i I mean okay wait okay literally let's let's take that sentence right is this what you mean so you read how and that's all there is on the page for now. No, no, I don't mean it and literally. Okay, like yeah, that. that's I what that's. Like, no, 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 not at all. No. <laughs> I was <laughs> that about to no say. <laughs> that makes no like, sense. Like the text is being written there. as you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, so that's what not do you mean by that? What do you mean by it? I mean it symbolically, like, okay. not literally, like figure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That I was just a bit confused. How do I know? No. Yeah. Just purely symbolic. Okay. Okay. That that yeah. makes. Sense. Yeah. Okay. So, how would you address those two extremes and the center? Yes. Yeah. So, obviously, again, the center is the best. Being just moderate. That's what we are. I think. Right. We're more in the middle. Mm-hmm. You should believe in free will. And your destiny is not written out from birth. It is written out, but it can change in little intervals. So I think uh, the extreme of people who believe in free will, like <clears throat> like you said, uh, they also believe that it's like a, a God-given gift to every individual. And like you said, like the, when you ask them, why did, why did God allow the Jews to be massacred? It's, it wasn't God. They'll say it wasn't God. It was that one individual, was Hitler. And all the other Nazis who followed his ideology, they let it happen. So, <clears throat> sorry. So, I, of course, think this, well, you know, to an extent, okay, well, I don't, I don't believe in God, but to an extent, before researching what free will, I did believe in this. Like, I did believe that Hitler himself, just in the moment, kind of decided, I hate Jews, I'm going to kill them. I sort of believed it, but. I, I realize that's probably not that's not true anymore because again it's genetic composition and whatever is road being paved along the way is timeline being formed led to that happening so so I guess these these people believe that there is no timeline everything is just off the script you're just you're just going you're just everything's impulse everything you do is your decision you're doing it in the moment 
which obviously we said in the last episode is not true because of the experiment by Ben Labette. So there's nothing really more I can say about it. It's just they they believe they have the decision to do anything they want rather than believing that we're all just like atoms just reacting to something. And then the opposite extreme, like where like fatalism. Let me just add something. What yeah. we're saying is all, in one extreme, it just seems completely materialistic. And the yeah. other extreme, it seems so like almost divine, like some other super being exactly. out. But it, I'm not, I don't think it's the latter. Like That's why it's so weird because yeah. we're talking from like a scientific point of view but mm-hmm. it seems it like what we're saying is completely yeah. di- divine yeah, yeah. like it, if you didn't know what our views were you would think we like are hardcore religion like lovers and that's ironic because the hardcore religious believe there is free will yeah. and i truly think that's because so they can dismiss stuff like the yeah. mass genocide they can Just, forgive so God. every every bad human action was free will every good thing was god's wish yeah it's 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 to keep god pure essentially so yeah just it'll be it's confusing to wrap your head around but the the free lack of free will has been proven by uh, science so anyway i think the opposite extreme where uh people like extreme fatalists who believe uh extremely in the lack of free will and like nothing can change like who believe like the way you're born, that that's it. Your your whole life is mapped out for you. Um, <clears throat> as you said, like countless times, it's a very deadly way of thinking. And I guess um, that 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 almost, even though that's completely opposite from divinical thinking, that almost sounds the most divinical out of anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I <laughs> think that's a very deadly way of thinking. I don't. I, I don't think um, that's a good. Let me way. just state it again, please. If you do not take away from this, that your yeah. life, that, that don't take this as just nihilism. That, that it's just all useless. That's the w- worst thing you can take away, and not the thing we want you to take away, and not the thing that is intended to be taken away. Um, yeah. So continue. I just interrupted. Yeah, that that's that's basically like what I have to say about that. Like I, I yeah, uh, like it's. <laughs> I, there's like no you should not think like that like even though you don't have the technically you don't have the conscious ability to make on the spot decisions and complete you don't have the ability to completely control your life completely being the keyword you should still believe like you do because that's what's going to better yourself so that's basically my definition mm-hmm. of uh, both sides so that's that's about it for me yeah yeah so um kind of we went kind of on a little tad along on the free will stuff but uh the main point of this episode again was to talk about like how to do proper rehabilitation and how to and ultimately this this entire series this three-part series was the death penalty and why it's bad so I think just to conclude this episode, basically, and the series altogether, we will just go from the two extremes from which we have, um, which we have laid out, which is free will, and then the which is the extreme uh, free will, and then we have the other extreme of death penalty as a form of punishment. And I think we we should draw the line between the two and kind of relate them. 
I know we did last episode, but this like really draws a solid line here mm-hmm. between the two and actually kind of address the how the different the two extremes of free will thinkers like the yeah. people who actually believe and the people who think it's like there's no point in even acting as think if it is penalty. how they would think about um, the death penalty and their reasons for it and then kind of debunk that so mm-hmm. you want to first go for so let's connect the two things but let's first go from the perspective of people thinking that free will is definitely a thing and we have it so so obviously they're gonna support the death penalty fully because they'll believe that you you had the decision to not kill the person but you did and so you deserve to be punished in the utmost form of being you're getting your life taken away do you, do you agree basically with that definition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so do you want to um add anything to that or do you want to explain the other perspective yeah so basically those people would think like you said that it was completely their decision and they should be brutally punished for it because how dare they Mm -hmm. and for the other extreme of the people who think that um well it was just destined there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you can do to help prevent that from happening in the in future people I think they would think that any form of punishment is useless, even rehabilitation, because they believe none of that would help. And so do you agree with that? Yeah. And I think if you're able to just, if you're able to just find the middle between those two points, you'll come to the perfect balance of, yeah, the death penalty. You can't fully account, you can't fully say that these people are, fully accountable for it and you can't fully say that they're not totally accountable for it and nothing should be taken place and I think if you find the middle ground you'll see why we say the death penalty is bad and you can't see otherwise if you take that middle ground because it's not fully their fault and it's not fully not their fault if you get what I'm saying and we should try to rehabilitate those people to make them have a better life and a better and if they have a better life many other people have better life because therefore logically it's less victims assuming that these people are murderers or something of that sort so that's kind of my answer what about you yeah that's basically it like they obviously the extreme of fatalism believe there's absolutely no use to it so i think in the middle is perfect because obviously you still believe in rehabilitation and you don't believe in death penalty but you believe people can change Mm -hmm. and so do you want to draw the line between the two, like between how exactly free will connects the death penalty? I think we just did. So like, I think we yeah. just did like, um, yeah, we connected that if you can find the middle ground of the two extremes of the free will belief, then it'll directly lead you. There's nowhere else to lead you to, I think the true truth of that, of how we should treat these criminals Mm -hmm. and just to we have about five minutes left or four rather just to wrap it up on a kind of separate note but so it is obviously known that it it isn't completely proven totally 100% proven that free will is an illusion but it is most likely yeah but um, I have to ask you this question what discovery or if someone were to come up to you what would they have to say to assuming that it is true what would they have to say to you and prove to you um to for you to believe that free will we in fact have free 
Well, I, I, I can come up with an example for the latter, like to completely prove that free will is not real. Okay, I, go ahead and answer so that. So an example one. for that, like someone would have to like give me like a, a room full of like 1,000 objects and they go sit outside the room and before they give me, before they even send me into the room, as soon as they see me, they just and they examine my DNA. <laughs> they examine my. Or they do the numbers. EEG or whatever. They, they do the EEG and. Yeah, they'll do an EEG and bef- when they send me before they send me into the room to order the one thousand objects, they should be able to write out the exact order I'm going to place everything in. And then if I'm able, to, if they get that order exactly correct, I I'll, I'll completely believe that there is no such thing as free will. Like completely, everything is mapped out. Because that's not something that's related to me changing or anyway. Like, I'll believe that everything was mapped up from my birth based on my genetic composition. But for me to believe that free will is real, I guess they would have to just show, like, the EEGs, like, don't work. I don't know. Like, they don't send any. For me, I don't think they can. I don't think there's any way they can prove it at all. There's no way to prove it because someone can always say, oh, yeah, I predicted that or that was was predicted somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I, I don't think there is any way to prove that it is, conceptually at least, I don't think there's any way they can prove that yeah. um, free will exists. Mm. So, so I think that basically wraps up this episode. Do you have anything else to say? No. So yeah, I think it wraps up this episode. So please let us know if you like this kind of format, more of a, a series, like a three-part, four-part, maybe even two-part series or etc how many ever part series um and let us know if you liked it or if you didn't like it yeah and then we can go from there and we hope to see you next time uh um, yeah make sure to stay tuned because we will be interviewing uh, a special guest and i think it'll be a really good episode so make sure to stay tuned yep, yep. and we'll see you there yep thank you for watching